gentlemen, let's broaden our minds. Lawrence. From the Ancient One Studio, this is the Cubic Shenanigans Warhammer Podcast. Welcome to the Cube. <laughs> Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 113 of the Cubic Shenanigans Warhammer podcast. I am your host, Dan. And I'm Brendan. Happy New Year, everybody. And we know it's been a while. We had a great holiday, busy travel, all kinds of stuff, but we're happy to be back with you all. What are we talking about this episode, Brendan, before we really dive into meaty stuff in the next few episodes? Yeah, so we're very lucky. We know that the next episode is going to be the handbook. <laughs> yeah. But today we have to do a filler episode. <laughs> so we're going to talk about, you know, just a recap of 2022. But then we're going to talk about, you know, what 2023 looks like for Dan, myself, and the podcast. Hmm. And all the things that we got coming up for that. You know, events that we're looking at and all the hobby that we hope to plan and yep. maybe achieve. Yep, there so, we go. pretty straight up, we've got a gift swap that we're going to do at the top of Whispers. Yep. So... Yeah, that's uh, that's the show. It's yeah, just, just a lot of talking is and, what it's gonna be, and a lot of catching up. I mean, we've got some hobby catch up, but definitely. I mean, I haven't seen Dan in three weeks. Oh which my, is... which for us is like six months. Yeah, you know? <laughs> for most people, you know, we've got games played, we got scriptorium is packed with stuff to catch up with that. So we do have some catch up on the other sections, but that's it. You're right. We're gonna talk about what was and what will be. We hope. Mm-hmm. With that, let us move on to whispers from the warp. Hello, my name is Inigo Montoya. You killed my father. Prepare to die. Well, Brendan, it is gift exchange time. We're going to do it after the holidays instead of before as usual. Why don't you share your gift first? So my gift actually hasn't shown up yet, Dan. Nope. I just shared a picture with you. It's amazing. It is a Games Workshop art print uh, framed of Durthu beating up some Warriors of Chaos. It's so cool, Brendan. I have not seen you actually genuinely excited about an army like this since Night Haunt. So it felt like, as I was just kind of like looking for things, you know, we typically, usually, keep things in the hobby-related vein of, yes. of gifts. You know, the one year I got you some Navy gear. Yeah. But, but yeah, awesome. typically it's, you know, wet palettes and paints and, you know, audible that's really the first army that I've seen you start that you've had the same kind of enthusiasm for as you did the, the Night Great. Haunt stuff. Well, that's a really, really cool choice. I know how much you love your Night Haunt artwork, so this yes. this felt like it fit into... It uh, will go the, right next to my Night Haunt print. So the right vein. Absolutely. That is so thoughtful. I got for you this thing. Okay. I'm handing it to him, listeners, yeah. as we speak. Theater of the mind, I'm opening it. <laughs> And and you will be able to hear the, yeah. Oh, oh, thank you, Dan. Everybody, it's a gift certificate to a very nice local Italian restaurant. And I got it for Brendan just in case he, you know, decides to take somebody to... uh, Yeah, we'll we'll talk about that in the the Emperor Lives part of it. Yeah, I thought it would be appropriate and something would be nice for you you and your friends. So Yeah, well, thank you. Yeah, I have to be neutral still until it's public. Give give me 20 more (laughs) minutes in this episode. (laughs) <laughs> well, so, well, thank you, Dan. That's very nice. Sure. Let's move on then to hobby for us. Have you gotten to do anything over the holidays? Buying stuff. Mini Stomp has had some killer deals over the last, like, I don't know, month and a half. Mm-hmm. And oh, yeah. I have not been able to control myself. Um, <laughs> 
I ended up with a bunch of Stormcast stuff. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's unexpected. Someone was selling one of the new giants for great price in mm. one of the discords. Picked that up. He had some Sylvaness stuff that I didn't have that I was looking for. I got that. Haven't built anything. Haven't painted anything. No. But as our friends at the uh, Playing and Slaying podcast would say, uh, collecting's part of the hobby. <laughs> I've been doing great on that front. Okay. Yeah, that's what I've been up to. Good stuff. Well, you have actually been doing something. I have. I also got a really good deal from Mini Stomp. I need some trees, obviously, with yep. the Sylvaneth army. I was looking around to see where I could get... Some trees. Some trees. So I sent an order for three boxes just because with the army I built, with some of the things that I can do... You could conceivably get out... A number of bases, yeah. Right. It's an unusual build. I know you'll talk about it at some point when it kind of gets all put together, but, yeah. you know, where I would say to a Sylvaneth player, you really only need two boxes. You've gone in a direction where you conceivably could have four plus bases yes. put on the table during the game. Yeah. I sent it off to him. I know how much they were. And he sent me back the price, and I, you saw it. Yeah. I was just like, oh, my God. Like, really? And he's like, yep, that's it. I was like... Send them. <laughs> Done. So I have three boxes of trees ready to roll, which is awesome. And then I have gotten done my Gur Battle uh, Mage. Battle Mage, yeah. Painted green, you know, he's got some bugs on him and stuff. And so he's ready to go. I put a coat of contrast on what I'm going to use as a branch wraith, and I'm going to ask you later because I just love the color that's on it already, and I don't want to do anything to it, but I have to do something. Sure. Yeah, so I'm going to ask for some suggestions, but the big project is I got my second Durthu done. The rare double Durthu list. <laughs> yes. It has been posted on Twitter, so if you want to go to Stormcaller Dan, take a look, see what you think, let me know. Dan's been more active on Twitter than I have in the last, like, two <laughs> Which months. Which is weird. So yeah. We've completely so changed personality. <laughs> Next up, you're going to see Dan is out here winning tournaments, and I'm just... Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 2023 the freaky friday <laughs> well we're gonna talk about that right had a really really great time trying to come up with a palette for him and i think what it's gonna be is my list as brendan said is very unique but i'm gonna have four big guys it's gonna be you got truly... some big points discounts in this new handbook Dan. yes which is really nice too and so i might be able to fit some more stuff in you will but I'm going to have four Ents, basically, in my list. I wanted to have, other than the ghosty Durthu that people have, most people have probably seen, I wanted to have another... More corporeal. Yes, and something that, when I look at it, I can replicate it on the other two. Sure. Even though they're ancients instead of Durthu, I think there's enough that I can roll over and replicate to make them look cohesive and that's really what my goal is plus some of the colors on these are really a good match for what i've done with my tree revs so again keep that color all together on them mm -hmm. so i'm really happy with the way it turned out and basing was fun yeah that's been my big project the next thing i'm going to do is start working on one of my ancients yeah just keep pushing forward excited to get the list to the point where i can play it even in a one day -er. and we'll talk about that mm -hmm. when we get to 2023 so cool good stuff Pre-orders. Oh, man. Oh, the pre-orders in this week, Dan. You and I were pumped. Oh, man. It's almost like GHB. Okay, that's fine. It's been leaked for like two <laughs> yeah. weeks now, so. But Slaves to Darkness, the whole kit, man. You got 
tome. You got a box set, the Demon Prince, the Lord on the Cracker Jack. I'm going to order one of those just because. Damn, they're uh, real good. Oh, and plus the model is so cool to me. And then Eternus, the unique character. Which is the dual build also for Lord on Horse. Yes. I was surprised that that ended up being the dual build kit, but in retrospect, it makes sense. Yes. And I think a lot more people, well, we'll see. We, we don't really know yet who's going to use what. Then the Exalted Hero, which is great, not mounted with, you know, what we're going to talk about with the GHB. Uh, next he, episode. He is. With Tyler. He is definitely something we should consider. This, Cho- oh. All the time we're going to save in this episode will be allocated to the next episode. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And then we got Chosen. Warriors, Knights, and Theradons, which is awesome. So all those things are pre-order this coming weekend on Saturday, which will be probably the day after we post. Going to look for all that stuff. So that's really great, exciting news. Really great stuff. The Slaves to Darkness book will now be official. Mm-hmm. Fully official across the line. For GW events, yep. No yep. excuses for anybody not to use them. Yep. If you're interested, why we're so excited, just listen to episode 112. Yeah, listen to the last one. That's, <laughs> That's where it is. Best book in Age of Sigmar. Like, <sighs> so good. All right, so in terms of heresy, we have a couple of things. We have Evil Horus. Horus Ascended. Yeah. Yes, which is really neat. Because the, the original for... Horus sculpt is great. Yes. And the Horus Ascended sculpt is somehow better. Yes, I would agree with you. When I saw that, it was like, yeah, this is how I picture him when he's fighting the Emperor. And then the Thousand Sons and the Ultramarines got their kit. When I say kit, usually I'm talking yeah, about the torsos and heads and shoulder pads yeah, and, and pauldrons and stuff. So those things are all pre-order. Then in terms of releases, yesterday, or actually Saturday, we got Arcs of Omen for 40k, which is a new kind of narrative storyline. Kind of like Broken Realms. Yes, and we had in 40k Wrath of Magnus when they had that story arc that built out, which was very cool. This is similar in a way. Uh, one of the things that they have now is something called boarding actions in 40k. So there's a whole terrain kit for that. The arcs tournament mission pack. So that's kind of the equivalent of our GHB. So it's for competitive play. And then uh, four marine battle forces. And then on the heresy side, we got salamanders and word bearers kit. So all those... A lot of stuff, man. Things, yeah, so much stuff come out between Saturday and next week. A lot, a lot of things dropping. Let's move on to games played. I've been pretty busy playing other stuff over the holidays. Talk about Civ 6 all the time, but there's the new DLC I've talked about, and I've really gotten engaged with it. First thing I did was I leveled up from prince to king level and i am telling you oh man it was not just like a linear change it's exponential yeah and to be competitive i have had to work all kinds of weird things like usually i would go for either a totally religious conversion victory or a conquest victory right there was a time when i had one pair that i was playing where the one guy was so zealous that i literally could not compete with him on a religious basis i couldn't convert him so what i did was i converted the other player totally and i conquered the other guy (laughs) because he had not focused on his technology so it was pretty easy i went in there with some high-tech stuff and then when i conquered him i automatically won the religious victory in the whole game so but i had to think about how i was going to do that yeah how you were going to crack that and and so that's been interesting the other thing is the dlc has these different modes that you can play in like you can play a secret societies mode which is really interesting okay it's really cool i seven or eight different ones. The the one I tried was zombie defense. 
oh my God, Brenda, I got my butt kicked so bad the first time I tried it. Like I'm thinking zombies, whatever. You know, I've got guns and I've got arrows and you know, I'm gonna, these things are like Nurgle plague bearers. I swear to God, they will not die. If you don't set up like defense in depth, if you don't build fortresses everywhere, these things just pop up randomly on the board. And killing them requires multiple units combining their fire to kill these things. It's just brutal. I ended up winning, finally. The whole thing is that nobody focuses on any other part of the game because the only thing you can do is try to defend yourself and very slowly try for something else. It is just brutal. Now there's some tech you can use to like temporarily turn them so they'll attack other people or what, but anyway, it, they overran my capital by like turn 20 or something in the first time I tried it. And um, when they Oof. kill one of your units, they get another zombie. If they ever attack your capital, even if they don't take it, they get another zombie. And so it was fabulous. Played some Formula D with friends on Saturday, which was cool. We got nice. them hooked on it now. That was really, really neat. And then the big find of Christmas holiday was a game called Ultimate Admiral Age of Sail. Okay. I know a lot of people probably have heard of Ultimate General Civil War. The land-based part of this game, the Age of Sail, is very similar to that. Brendan, it is just for a Navy person, an officiato of naval history. It is just so fabulous. And the simulation is so true to form. It is just so neat. You get three campaigns. You can either play as the British. You start kind of at the end of the revolution, working all the way up to the Napoleonic Wars, you're kind of growing up through that, raising through the ranks and stuff. Okay. So it's a British campaign. You can play an American campaign during the Revolutionary War, and it's very fictionalized because. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. And then you can play a Barbary Coast campaign. Mm. That is the one I really want to give a try to. That one seems like that'll be really, really fun. Just the way the whole simulation runs is so fabulous the graphics are amazing when you beat up a ship enough if you pound it on the hull you go to capture it and all of a sudden you see like eight small boats come from the side and you realize oh god the crew's abandoning ship <laughs> and then all of a sudden you slowly see the ship start sinking you know taking on water oh no it's really really fun though and i really enjoyed that as well so yeah a couple of really cool things how about you i'm in my third season in the F1 game. Yes. And I have built a fast car. Okay. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, it took me a while of saving resources and, and getting things to where they need to be. You know, I'm very strategic in how I handled the back end of seasons and stockpiling points and, okay. you know, and protecting my upgrades because mm. at the end of every season, there's a regulation change and some of your stuff gets obsoleted if you don't protect it. Oh, okay. So I save up my points to protect everything. So I carry through basically all the progress I've made in that year. So I was doing kind of like a slow ramp up and investing my money into my facilities to get more resource points and turn things around faster and do things faster. That is so neat that that's an aspect of this. And that, so, that is so cool. And so I started year three with a fast car. Okay. And I'm about halfway through the season and I have far and away the fastest car like wow. it's me and the other driver that i have because it's teams of two yeah and yep. it's first and seconds just first and seconds first and seconds first and seconds mm -hmm. and we are that car is fast and i feel like i'm at the point where i'm starting like even with a lot of the assists on like i'm actually starting to able to put in like 
good times on oh. some of these tracks. I don't feel like a complete moron. <laughs> Okay. So had that. I got a Switch for Christmas. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah. So the first game I cracked into was uh, Fire Emblem Three Houses. So it's a turn-based strategy game with kind of like a fantasy setting and thing like that, where as you upgrade your characters, you know, like they have like specialties in like axe and heavy armor. And so like if you have mm. a high enough grade in, in those two classes, you can upgrade to, you know, you go from a heavy knight to a fortress knight. Is this and like an RPG kind of a thing? Or? Yeah. Okay. You have like a squad kind of a thing. All right. And sure. so, you know, like you have spell casters and some use like white magic and some use dark magic and you, know, you have archers and you have people oh, with wow. swords and axes and mounted characters and characters on like pegasus and things like that and there's a rock paper scissors to it you know but obviously blown out because there's all these different things where your flying units are really weak to archers but your archers are really weak to anything in combat and anything in heavy armor is really weak to anything with magic Mm -hmm. because you know magic bypasses you know resistance and there's a whole matrix okay and this is called uh, Fire Emblem. So this is a okay, classic game from when I had a Game Boy Advance. Okay. And the original Fire Emblem games were insanely difficult. I mean, just dumb. So um, you're able to make reasonable progress here. Yeah. Game's much easier. Like, you don't feel frustrated. Yeah, so... But part of the charm was how difficult it was. So maybe if I play it through again, I'll throw it on a harder difficulty. But one of the games I got was Pokemon. Oh, okay. And I haven't played Pokemon in 31... But 15 years. Okay, yeah. And so my brothers keep up on all things Pokemon. Okay. And the one of them was telling me, he goes, I can't wait to see you experiencing nine generations worth of Pokemon. <laughs> like, he's like, because it's not just the game has just changed, right? Like, it's not just the environments has just changed. Mm. Like, you know, he's like, you have missed out on almost a thousand Pokemon, and you are going to come across stuff where you just go, what is this? Oh, it's uh, great having so, that just open world kind of thing where you're absolutely yeah. discovering all the new th- oh, that's great i'm excited to jump into that and just and just kind of see what's yeah. going on i great you know like i really enjoy the fire emblem stuff and the way that this particular game is laid out because like i can play for like an hour i accomplish like a good amount of stuff there's like a natural stopping point kind of at that hour mark and i go mm-hmm. cool save i'm gonna go do something else okay or if i want to just dig in for like 10 hours like i you know <laughs> zone out yeah that's very cool. That's what I got. No Sigmar for you, I don't think, over. Oh, no. Gosh, I have, like, I'm sure in the next time we sit down, I'll have some games. I know that you know, Austin's looking to get some games before he goes off to LVO. So yes. I'll put together some army lists and, you know, sure. see if I can't make him feel sad. And uh, <laughs> That's good. That's what he needs. A little right. reality if, check. If you're going to win, you got to play mean stuff. Cool. But That's you great. have Curse Cities on this list. So that has continued. You know, Mark and his family, we played. And I finally lost my hero this oh. past time. He was just like 10 feet from the door to get to the release room. And he was just fighting waves of freaking rats and bats and zombies. And they took him down. It was like, ah, man. And I played this guy the whole time we've our campaign has gone on so far, which is like four or five games. So I'm going to try somebody different next time. And uh, we meet every other week. So there's always something new to look at. And they've even talked about, uh, Mark had said something about maybe even doing some kind of an RPG campaign or something, which would be cool. All right. So that's game stuff. Events, well, everyone knows. Some people pretty frustrated, but we got it done yesterday. Yep. Acon registration. And you really only had to get in for one event, really, which is doubles, right? Yep. Well, teams, teams right? Which right. is... Teams. Four people. Yep. And then I got in for two of the three things I wanted. I got in for Zombicide, which will be really, really fun. And then 
the pit that I've talked about before, which is that kind of bar fight thing in a fantasy setting, I got signed up for that. I played it for like three or four years now. And the cool thing is that Doug from 2 Plus Tough and our friend Dave both got signed up as well. So it's going to be like three musketeers. You can only have like five people playing. So it's going to mostly be us. Yeah, And it'll be really fun now to have other people I know playing and hopefully enjoying this so much. And then as I always do, I try to find kind of you know, off markets, other stuff that I haven't done before or things that look interesting and filled up my schedule. And yeah, I'm very happy. I'll be busy for those three days. And then I'm running Young Bleds on Sunday, Sunday yeah. which is cool. You've and already got a couple of signups. Yeah, which is nice. And two things. Number one, just to encourage any young people who are listening, you know, go in and sign up. We'd love to have you. Or parents with kids who are kind of yes. interested in this. And I know some parents who listen had talked about doing it. We had a half a dozen parents and little, you know, families come by last year and were watching. So if it's any of you who are listening, get in there, get signed up. We'd love to see you. The other thing that I wanted to do, though, real quickly was an acknowledgement because this is the first time I've ever had to put together a pack for a real Boy, they're a, fun, aren't a they? real event, right? <laughs> And I just didn't know where to start. So I wanted to acknowledge to a person and then a group of people for this pack. First, there's a gentleman named George Sutherland Howard who put together a really, here's a simple way to play Sigmar. And I used a lot of his verbiage and some of his ideas. I wanted to acknowledge that. And then I wanted to thank Vitz and the Warhammer Weekly crew because they did an episode that was, let's make Sigmar simple. I took several elements from their suggestions and incorporated those as well. So between those two things, it was very, very helpful for me to have a framework and then fill that out. I really, really appreciate the work they did and their ideas. So just wanted to say that. So on my side, a couple of event changes for the Age of Sigmar side of things. Pretty big one. Some folks were vocal about, you know, some of the changes that we saw. Obviously, for anyone familiar, there was, we had some issues last year talking about the changes specifically that we've made for the events is we are going to bcp and this is champs champs i don't know what teams is doing specifically i know for champs i can speak honestly to we're moving to bcp while that wouldn't have fixed the issues that we had last year right it's going to provide some transparency for some folks you know that we didn't have last year so we're Mm -hmm. gonna make that clear i'm still gonna have to run a spreadsheet in the background to manage the components of this that you know, that app does not do. We sat down with BCP and they walked us through what the app does and that kind of stuff. You know, we've got another demo set up for what the current interface is and how to use it. So we have that. The paint pack is part of the pack. (laughs) So that's out there. That's clear. Drew up all the permutations of what tiebreakers look like on the awards. One of the big changes that we went to in terms of the format structure is we're doing a top eight cut down. Mm -hmm. Uh, for anybody who makes that cut and wants to do it. A couple of options with it. You can opt out of it if you really want to play in teams on Saturday and Sunday. Mm -hmm. No harm, no foul. Totally cool. If you had something scheduled for Saturday, you will get a refund for it if you choose to play in the top eight. Mm -hmm. And you qualified, obviously. If you were playing in teams, we'll let you fill that roster spot with somebody. So there are opportunities for it. I was able to keep all the extra awards for best in book. Great. Oh, Um, that's neat. So that's pretty awesome. I think everything we did, we did with the intention of making champs better. You know, we took a beating, right? That's... Mm -hmm. Yeah. um, Oh, yeah. It's something that I can say that I lost friends over. You know, we took a beating for it. You know, so 
we approached it, you know, honestly and in good faith at the things that we needed to do to do better. For those that noticed, right, Champs is on Thursday, Friday, and Teams is on Saturday and Sunday. That was not to accommodate the top eight. That's not why we did it. We were encouraged to align the team events for 40K and Age of Sigmar as the premier Mm -hmm. events. There are no events like it, not just in North America, but the world. We were encouraged to make teams the big focus. Well, cool. If I'm on Thursday, Friday with champs, one of the things that's always been kind of grumbled about is the fact that we don't get to a true winner in terms of, you know, the overall Mm -hmm. gaming result. Yes. Which, if it runs Saturday, Sunday, is impossible. Everyone wants to get out of there on Sunday. Many people have been there for three, four, five days. You got to get home. You got to see your family. You're running low on spouse points. (laughs) Yeah, right. Sure. That's just the way things are. But if we are Thursday, Friday, the people who are really into that kind of thing, while we have a gaming track for people who like sportsmanship we have a gaming track for people who love their hobby we have a gaming track for people who really like to make cool armies you know i added the gaming track in the previous year for people who just wanted to be the best in their army we now have a gaming track for people who want to be the best gamer on the table with their armies great it's going to be a category that spells out really explicitly through just battle you can go follow that now you gotta follow all the rest of the rules right for the event you know right stuff gotta be painted and yeah you know that kind of thing but you can go do that great good i hope people see you know it in action in the way that we hope it to be signups for the first day have been really strong so happy to see that the day's changed didn't hurt us too much good to hear thanks for filling up people in on that too i think that's important because that's some pretty significant changes and yeah there was a lot of speculation people threw around with it as to why we did it you obviously you heard it from me i'm the guy who made the decision with the time slot i was given right you know and we made the time slots as an aos team what made the most sense with the time slot that you know we felt made the most sense for champs i was able to do something a little bit more great stuff well that's it then i think yeah Uh, let us move on to emperor lies i mean what are we a team no 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 we're a chemical mixture that makes chaos we're we're a time bomb Well, folks, we're back with Emperor Lies, and we're going to start off by kind of talking briefly about what we've done in 2022, which will, in a lot of ways, carry over to what our hopes are for what we're going to do in 2023, which is really where the major focus is going to be. In terms of hobby projects, started, finished, those kind of things, Brandon, what did you accomplish Not too, too much. I had a couple of big centerpiece models that I painted in the form of Kragnos and Bellacore. yes. I did that thousand points for Adepticon Teams, where mm-hmm. we where we had that castle display board. Yeah. Oh yeah, that monster thing! That was so cool. That was a super fun project. I'm real excited to, and you know, we'll talk about it in the 2023 part. But running that team back, we've got a really cool project planned for this year. I've got all the models I need for it, except for one hero, I think. But I can pick that up from. GU whenever. Oh, sure. Yeah, so we had that. I had to do a little bit of work for my Sylvaneth for Vault Wars. I had a hero or two to paint, maybe, for my Night Haunt for ATC. Right. I painted my Lumineth army in two weeks. Yeah, because I forgot you played Sylvaneth at Vault Wars. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. And I did, like, nothing between any and all of that. (laughs) You know, because normally, like, I'm... You know, you can go back to episodes in 2021. I'm working on this unit. I'm doing that. You're just picking away a little bit at everything. I didn't do anything this year. Like, I did my couple of projects, and then it was just a lot of video games. You sure? Uh, (laughs) It's choices, choices, choices. So, I guess, you know, when I sat down and thought about it, like, you know, I painted a couple armies, which is more than a lot of people can say, I think, Mm -hmm. oftentimes. But for me, it was just, I felt like I I didn't hardly do anything. Sure. Which perspective, I guess. Yeah. 
I mean, I have my Nighthaunt army, and really, I have almost everything I need. My two big projects, I did do a centerpiece, as you talked about. I got into Gash done for Vault Wars, and that was just so awesome being able to finally get him painted, having that Nighthaunt Lister army for so long. And then I got Bodie McBoatster done, yep, which was cool, and used him in the fun, crazy army I played at Dragonfall, which was good. And those really were the only two things I needed because I've got so much Nighthaunt already painted. <laughs> the big project, and it's underway, it's going to take a while. I'm really taking my time with it, but... After we did the Sylvaneth book, I just was fascinated. I don't know why. You hated that faction before we sat yes. down. And-, and I think it's just changes to the rules, changes to the model. And really, I don't know that there were that many changes, really. To me, it was new. And it was fresh. I love the rules. Maybe we approach the book after... Because like you understand the game differently now. That is very true. And I could see the old Sylvaneth book being very unapproachable for where you entered the game at. Mm-hmm. You know, you where you're at now, even the Sylvaneth book now, you know, for a new person, I think is kind of a tough one. It's very unforgiving. Where you understand having a, you know, a mobile army where you move from space to space in Night Haunts, you know, you're going to be more capable of, of understanding what the nuances in that look like. Yes, and I built this army that I'm painting specifically, when I say build in terms of making a list, to maximize that teleport ability and I'm moving everywhere being everywhere really forcing my opponent to react to me mm-hmm. and I understand the importance of that you've stressed that for a long time but it was great for me now these models are new everybody's seen Durthu for years you know but hey he was new when I built him it just like with this open book that I could do almost anything with I always thought it was funny how you kind of just casually drop you know maybe you can make him kind of ghosty that'd be kind of cool but it wasn't really serious but in my mind it just just locked on because night haunt and it's like what can i do to make well because you weren't even talking about running a full sylvaneth army right. at that point you just wanted a dirt through to paint right and yeah, yeah. you know here i am trying to help you meet you know your two <laughs> army limits <laughs> and here we are almost up to a thousand points worth of sylvaneth which is sure. awesome very very cool so that's our hobby uh, uh, you for... also started your white scars you started oh, it in earnest where y- yes we were both i'm still into my world eater stuff i'm just not into it if i don't uh, have all the bits and stuff like i know i will sit down and grind out a 3,000 point army or whatever you play the games Mm -hmm. at, as soon as I have all the upgrades, because I don't want to halfway do these models and come back in six months and finish them. Well, you know, and this is another hobby project thing I think that wasn't in the notes. It's worth noting is that we both really kind of took an interest in heresy this time around with the update. And, you know, we both purchased models. We painted models. We're still painting models. For some reason, at least from my perspective, it just kind of stopped because there was all these other things happening. And it just, just was kind of like, upgrades. boom. <laughs> you know? And I mean, like you said, there you know, we've been playing, instead of Hobby Night, we've been playing board games yeah. and stuff at Hobby Night. So your time is so limited. You have to make choices at some point. And I think we made a choice to focus on other things. It's still there. It's still in the background. Still background noise as it was. <laughs> but, you know, the models are there. And I know I have 2,000 points worth of heresy if I really want to lock down and paint it. Sure. Uh, that was there as well. Events. I started out 
the year really early last year. And this coming week, I'm actually going to attend the same event. It was a f- called FreeCon down in Freeport, Illinois. And it was a historical games weekend run by a guy named Ike, a friend of mine from RockCon. It just was a lot of fun. So different. I talked about the games that we played. I think it's going to be a different mix of stuff this time. But that's going to be the way I start. I've got a Depthcon coming up that I know I talked a little bit about my schedule, uh, running Youngbloods this year. Hopefully we'll have some more signups. I'm looking forward to, between Doug and I, being able to recruit some more folks to participate. And I'm looking forward to running even a small event like that. I think it'll be a lot of fun. Vault Wars, of course, would really love to travel back to Springfield and uh, support our friend Tyler and had such a great time last year. I definitely want to go back to Dragonfall. Just love the way that was run. And it's so close. And like it's, it's, yes, it, 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 but it's, it's a, a nice way to kind of like still. end the year. and Yeah. Yeah, it was really great. And then, of course, RockCon. Those were my events, really, that I participated in. I think I did a couple of one days, but that was it. And I know there's going to be some more this year, but that was me. Yeah, my list was pretty short compared to, you know... If we were doing the show, you know, the 2019 show. Oh, jeez. If, if we did the 2019 interview, I'd gone like, well, I went to 15 tournaments. and It's like uh, every three or four weeks, you were gone somewhere. I mean, there was a period of time in 2019 where I think there was five weeks in a row I was at some event of some kind, <sighs> either a one-day or a two-day or whatever. But this year, quote-unquote, all I did was Adepticon, yes. Vault Wars, ATC, mm-hmm. Dragonfall, and the local Rubicons. Yes. And that was it. You know, there wasn't big, long road trips to, you know, like lots of road trips to, you know, Grognards or something like that. Sure. You know, there was a trip I made out to Madison at mm-hmm. one point, you know, this year for a one-day event. But that was it. I mean, you know, you're talking about, you know, less than 30 tournament games. Mm-hmm. I mean, for me, that's... Nothing. Heresy is what, sure. is what that <laughs> yeah, was. I mean, you know, like, <laughs> you know, again, in 2019, I probably played close to... 60 to 70 tournament games. Wow. Jeez. Which is ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. Like when I sit down and think about it. No, but I had a bunch of weddings to go to. You know, there was just mm. uh, basically from Ranthathon until, mm. gosh, Thanksgiving, I was booked solid. The, yes. The planning we had to do in oh. you know, August to try to get to plan out the rest of the year for the episode. It was, was nuts was to insane. try to get you guys, you know, listeners, a couple, you know, an episode every other week or so. There was a lot of. I was largely unavailable, and you know, you had things going on. And, yeah, you know, we had to figure it out. <laughs> we did, though. Thank, thank goodness, thank we goodness got it for all Tuesdays. Done. Yes, <laughs> right, exactly. Yep. So much for Sundays, right? Very good. So the last thing I wanted to talk about was. Adepticon prep, because really that started, at least for me, we're talking about last year, and getting a pack ready for Youngbloods, I talked about a little bit. Well, you had the opportunity, you know, that I tapped you to run Youngbloods. Mm-hmm. I don't want to say at the last minute. No, but it but, was, because Sunday I had planned on helping you with your tournament, being, you know, one of your And I was looking at my roster minions. of who can run Youngbloods, yeah. and Youngbloods, for the most part, right, wrong, or indifferent, has been kind of an afterthought for us, and... You know, I feel bad saying it, but I looked at it and I was like, you know, Dan was a teacher, you know, he'll be able to work with the kids fine. Like, he's got the patience for it. Like, this is right up Dan's alley. And you thrived with it. Yeah, it Um, was so much fun. With that experience, getting it ready and trying to do something a little bit different with the rules pack this year, making it a little more fun, a little more interesting. And, you know, I talked about the acknowledgments and some of the ideas. 
hopefully, I know Doug from 2 Plus Tough, again, he's going to be my co-host for that. That'll be really, really fun to have him involved as well. I know he's very excited about it. Really, that was the main thing in terms of Adepticon last year prepping for this yeah. year. My genuine hope for that particular event is it not to be played at the same time as Champs and that parents who would normally be playing in Champs who have a kid who might be interested mm-hmm. actually participate in Young Bloods. Which is all clear now, yeah. Having that separated, right? We have a special one-day event, Dawnbringer. Yeah. That's 1,000 points. It's more ge- it's geared towards a more casual play. And that's Saturday. That's yeah. Saturday. You know, Sunday is Youngbloods and the back end of the team tournament. I think the best thing that could happen for Youngbloods is having dedicated TOs for it, you know, like you and Doug, who are interested and motivated in making it accessible for that level of player. Mm-hmm. And then also freeing up, you know, some of the, the parents... Yes. Or uncles or brothers or you know whoever, whoever right? Yeah. To bring this person who likes participating in the hobby with them but isn't quite able to stand alone in the championship environment or the Dawnbringer environment and play their games. Yeah, so we're hoping we're going to get a reasonable turnout. I would love to see, you know, 10, 12 even fill the event if we could. That would be great. That would be, be awesome. Neat progress. It would be really good progress. Yeah, because normally so. it's like three, yeah, four, and they're relegated to the last tables and champs. Psh. So we're going to keep pushing. we got a month to get people signed up. Yeah, that's it for 2022. Let's move forward a little bit in terms of this coming year. Yeah. What our hopes and thoughts are hobby-wise. What are you looking to do? I know you've got a, I have a collecting special prob- special project, too, that you got to work on. Yeah, so I have a moral obligation to finish this Skaven <laughs> army. My word is the most valuable thing that I possess. I do not wish to be found that my stock price is less than they thought it was. So that's got to get done. I got to find an event to, well, number one, get it done and find an event to play it at. Just crossing the minimum threshold. We'll see what that looks like. Sure. And we'll go from there. I have my Adepticon team stuff that I got to do. Yep. Uh, Secret, secret, super secret. You know, we'll we'll do A lot higher priority too, so. Yeah, that's coming up soon. I only have to do 10 models this year. Oh, Um, wow. But, right, you know, everything's a little large, so they got to be centerpiece quality. Sure. You know. Okay. Figure that out. I would really like to not buy a new army this year. Okay. That is one of my hobby goals. <laughs> I have done a good job collecting in 2022, but a yes. very bad job of painting in 2022. So sure. I don't know necessarily which armies in my collection I'd like to work on to get done. You know, I've got a full Giants army that I've painted one man crusher. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. I've got a bunch of Slanesh Mortals. I've got some cool Slaves of Darkness ideas I want to execute on. I've got a bunch of Stormcast Dragons. I've been eyeballing having, like, running Karazai. I bought a couple of boxes of Stormdrake Guard to go with them. Mm-hmm. Bought some Annihilators. I have a bunch of Stormcasts that I've just never painted also. You know, you've seen all yes. of them. Yes, oh yeah. I have some Soulblight stuff that I haven't finished up. Like, there's just all this stuff that, like, I just have. Right. I've got, like most of my cruel boys army that i haven't done oh yeah it's embarrassing frankly you made some good progress on that cruel boys yeah and then like i played him for a little bit and i'm like these are garbage (laughs) uh like i i can't make this work at all now with some of their points drops and what this new handbook looks like i think there's something there but you know it took people with real dedicated mindsets and very specific play styles to get to four and one with that book sure like oh I don't want to buy a new army. I'm interested in, you know, some of these books that are going to come out in 23. Like, I know are are for the stuff that I want. Sure. 
the Bone Reaper book comes out and I get a couple of units that weren't there before, mm-hmm. I'm cool with expanding. Like, I'm good with that. Okay. But I want to get away from what I did this year, which is just like, that's a great deal for a whole... I bought a whole Seraphon army, like, on a whim in the spring. Like, mm-hmm. what sort of maniac am I? Sure. I don't care about playing Seraphon, but I've got an army now. I don't know. Yes, that's what I want to do. Like, if something catches my eye where I want to expand an army or play in that direction, like, I'm going to follow that passion. But I need to, from a, if not just a strictly financial perspective, I need to stop dropping five to $800 on something. Oh, but Brendan, it's a great deal. Yeah, it was a great deal. And I've gotten all these a great deal. Mini Stomp, not sponsored, sponsored. I got to not do that. Right. Especially if I'm going (laughs) to continue kind of not playing at the level that I've been not playing in the Mm -hmm. last year. I've been very open about, you know, my relationship with third edition and I don't really enjoy it. And I'm hoping that this handbook turns it around, but even then it's only six months. Right. I don't know what the handbook in the summer is going to look like. It might be just as bad as this last one. It might be. We don't know. You can't have your happiness be dependent on other things. You have to, you have to make it. Really? You, you have to decide what it is. You know, you can't, oh, well, you know, I don't like Warhammer because I don't like this handbook. Well, no, 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 no. You don't like Warhammer. You know, it's the. That's it's, just rationalizing. Yeah. What that is. It's yeah. the psychology that I got into in college, right? Oh, well, you know, next semester will be easier because, you know, I don't have to do this, that, and the other. Well, next semester was going to be just as difficult for different reasons. Mm-hmm. My hobby goal is to work on the things I have. Okay. <laughs> all right. Which is a lot. Which is a lot of stuff. You have a large I don't plan selection. on doing all of it. I would like to do some of it. Okay. Fair. My first priority is to finish my Sylvaneth. It's a good goal. And to practice with this list. I've still got some fine tuning to do. I know I've gotten some help from Tyler. He's given me some, you know, some tree ideas. Yeah. Yeah, I know I'm going to get some ideas from you. I don't want to create this list and have people tell me, oh, you know, that's just not going to win. You're you're not going to win with that list. I don't care. I really like this list and I've got enough affirmation from people I trust and I know understand the game, that the list has potential. The thing that has to happen here is Dan has to put in the time and practice with these freaking models. As part of the hobby, yeah, I am loving painting these models, but now, even if I take them to a tournament like a one day or over at GU or somewhere else or up in West Bend or whatever, I need to start putting them on the table and start playing them. Well, we have access to more people now than we ever have. The Diascast guys have put together a really great community locally. There are more opportunities to get games in now than there have been since COVID, right? And I need to avail myself of those opportunities. Understanding the army better. I mean, you can make it a goal to just get a game in every week. Yeah, that would be reasonable. There are enough people in those groups that you could do that easily. That's my first goal. I am thinking of... You know, with we're not going to get into it until next episode, but now that Galatian Veterans is gone, I'm really wondering about Wolves will now be a viable option again because... Oh, yeah. Yeah, so what I'm thinking oh, is yeah. in terms of my Night Haunt, if I want to play them, Salvaging Wolves, and I have the models built and you know, I've got a bazillion <laughs> of them, bringing those guys in as allies into my Night Haunt army. It's a hobby thing from gaming perspective, but I still am thinking of doing that. And then, you know, the rest of my soul blight will go away, but I'm really considering. And it's something you talked about really early when Galatian veterans came out, like wolves are dead, you know, in terms of the game, but now they're not anymore. Oh, they're very viable. They're very good now. Yeah. For certain things. So the third thing is I am just so excited about some of the things I'm seeing in terms of models 
in Slaves to Darkness. Man, those kits that came out. I mean, just painting a unit of Theradons, painting a Cracker Jack with a Chaos Lord, those things I'm really interested in doing from a hobby perspective. And maybe that's going to draw me in more. But what I would say is this, that I'm going to work around the edges with Slaves to Darkness. I'm not going to make any major commitment of anything. Just pull a few things and see if I like it, see what other people are doing with it over time as I'm practicing with my Sylvanette to get better with them. Well, you can always borrow mine to to work on it. I guess my comment to listeners is don't plan on seeing me playing Slaves to Darkness in any events this year. Might be 2024. I think so. That might be when we're doing this show next year, you know, having that conversation then. What a good book. Oh, it is. It's so much fun just to read through it and look at the rules and everything else. It just... I never thought I'd say this. I can't wait for Stormcast. Because if this is the way that they're approaching their book, and and really all their 3.0 books... I can't wait for the next time that they do Stormcast. And they do something like this again. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. If they do Stormcast and all those units as well as they did Slaves of Darkness, wow. Boom. (laughs) You know, the other thing is we've got a pot load of battle tomes this year coming out. Just a few. Right. And we don't know what all of them are. We know what Grand Alliance they're from. Yes. For the first half of the year, effectively. Yeah. And the ones I've seen and the ones we've talked about, you know, there being a better than not possibility. I really think it'll be fun to read through the books and look through the books and stuff. But you don't have a lot of love for I it. don't. I have no interest in really, you know, building a, a trolley gobbo army or a beast of chaos. You know, I've got my crazy Ben-Hur list, but that's just out there. And like, no, not really. I, so It's your weird pipe dream. Yeah. yeah the, <laughs> and maybe sometimes. You get those from time to time for an event. The Bruce City that wasn't. You, yes. My only regret in that is that you didn't get to run that absolute nonsense garbage Mutilith Vortex list, <laughs> yes. list that you were kicking I'm gonna around. We're going to have like four of them or something. It yeah, you were, were going to have five of them. Five, yeah. You yep. were going to have a bunch of wizards, <laughs> a zillion endless spells, and this was back when the Darkfire Demon Rift was just yeah. nonsense. Yes. And you were going to do like 15 mortal wounds to every unit that it moved across. <laughs> it was... Plus the vortex, it was just nuts. Glass cannon. It was so much the, fun to think about. But the about damage that. you could have done if you just got the dice to hit was gonna be dumb. Oh, so that kind of thing, listeners. Yeah. I'm just not that excited about those any of those. Those are my favorite damage. Yes, of truly. course. <laughs> Events. Well, free con. I'm going to the next one in yeah. less, you know, it'll be a couple days after this post. I'll be down in Freeport. Of course, Adepticon. We talked about that in Whispers. Vault Wars. Yep, absolutely. I'm headed down there again this year. Had such a wonderful time. Dragonfall. Yep, absolutely. Rockcon. Absolutely. I'm hoping that there's some kind of a summer event that I can get to. Oh, uh, you and me both. Yeah, maybe Michael runs something again down in Indy. That would be great. Or who knows what's going to happen. Maybe somewhere in Illinois there'll be something going on. And then to hit some of these local one days. That's a goal for 2023. Well, especially now that we're having them. Yes. And that would be really good to get those practice in a real competitive environment. Although to your point, that is important that we've got a lot of potential for gaming in this community now, in our local community. We've got some players. We do. And it'll be really good to utilize that resource. And I know people will be happy to to help out with that. That's kind of my goal for the year is all those things. You know, it's something every other month, really, if not more often. Nice. And I'm fine with that. I don't super know what my schedule is going to be. I still have a couple of weddings this year, so i got to see what that's going to eat up. 
obviously Adepticon, right? I'm there all weekend. I'm pretty easy to find. I'd like to go to Vault Wars again. I really like the idea of the things that Tyler's doing. He's kind of kicked around some ideas of some of the awards that he wants to do, and all of them are ridiculous and awesome. And the more kind of like wonky, you know, like army building construction awards like obviously when i was running Bruce city brawl like that's what i loved yeah. incentivizing so having more of that i'm all for it right okay, it's, sure. you know, tyler was the one that helped encourage me to do all those things so yeah. to see him doing those things with the things that in right. his own venue exactly is really fun love that dragonfall right because it's just up the road right the one dayers i want to go to a team event atc or uh, something so else. jacob barry was talking about running something in nashville oh yeah team sure events. Personally, I'm always for supporting my friends and the things that they're doing. Sure. If he is putting that on, I'd probably go to that over ATC. You can really only go to so many far away events like that where you you need to be taking, in my case, two vacation days. You're retired, so vacation days are nothing. Yeah. There is no such thing. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. The the thing that I really miss is I feel like we used to have a bunch of events that like you could get to without having to spend really hardly any vacation days, you know, mm-hmm. like maybe a half day to, to get down there on time. And sure. then, you know, you get back at seven or eight o'clock in the evening and, you know, that's just kind of what it was. And, yeah. you know, you got ready for the week and, man, I feel like that there's not hardly anything around that I don't got to spend a full day on Friday to get down there for sure. and a full day on Monday to, you know, Come back. even if we drove halfway back on Sunday night, but to get the rest of the way there, because there's no way I'm taking a half day on Monday to come in at noon. Right. Like, oh, no, no, no. <laughs> Not after a long drive like that. I would like to go to some other stuff. You know, I'd be interested in going back to NashCon. You know, that's a super fun event. I love mm-hmm. the format. Sure. You know, right? The trouble this year, same as last year, is what do my vacation days line up huh? as? Yeah, and our, our priorities change. We're going to talk about that in a short while. But, Ooh, yeah. you know, we've got other things that we may do, and that could affect a lot of this planning. So we don't want to overcommit and then... You know, we've made other choices. Yeah. Whoop. That's all good. All right. So let's talk about the podcasts a little bit. And I'm going to say podcasts, multiple in my case, because the one thing I know I'm really enjoying is working with Doug from 2 Plus Tough on The Emperor Protects. Mm-hmm. He's gotten a lot of really good feedback from folks that they're enjoying it. I would call it After Ulanor Light for those who haven't listened to it. If you're interested in the heresy, we take about an hour and a half maybe to cover a book. And we start out with the first four books, but then we've kind of gone off in different directions. So take a listen if you haven't already. Let's talk about the cube. Yeah. And let's talk about... Current residents. Yes. (laughs) Yeah, right. Who was placed into said cube last year at Vault Wars. Right. You know, in terms of material, we are so blessed this year to have so much stuff. Just the battle to- between oh. battle tomes and events we're probably going to cover. Plus handbooks. And, we, yeah. yeah. We've got a plethora of things to cover our content. That's not an issue, I don't think, for us Because we look at making roughly 24 shows a year. Yes. We try and do every other week, but, you know, we do have a couple of long breaks throughout the year. That ends up, you know, some of the... Three or four, yeah. Yeah. When you're looking at 12 battle tomes, that's half your content. Yep. You've got two handbooks. Yep, you've got okay. five or six events yep. at least. Yep. So 14, that's 19. We're getting way up there. Yeah, it's only five filler episodes, right? You know, that's the... And in the background here, the listeners, yeah. Yeah, the... <laughs> Sorry you don't have to listen to us do the 33 strategies of war. 
Um, and I contend good. that the that was actually a very the popular Sun episode. Art of War actually, episode was quite good. The other thing is, you know, do we change format? That's another issue here, and I don't think we're going to because my thought on this, because I've had a little bit of feedback from, you know, are you going to do anything different? I'm concerned that you guys are going to change it up with this or that, and it's like I think that we provide something for all levels of players, whether you're competitive, whether you're casual, whether you're somebody who just enjoys going to tournaments, you know, is playing at that mid-level like myself, not only for the playing side, but a lot of the people that we know who do play the game also are lore fans. So they enjoy Scriptorium or they enjoy knowing what's coming in terms of product and they listen to that. Or a lot of people that we've gotten feedback from just enjoy hearing us go at it you know, in this or that. They enjoy sure. that part of the show. I think we provide other stuff that makes the show interesting. It makes it not only educational when we do battle tomes and stuff, but it makes it entertaining. So we don't feel like we're in a rut, even if we're, because we're always talking about something different. And I know from producing the show, we feel that way. And we've gotten, again, a lot of feedback from folks that they feel the same way that we can keep their interest up. Yeah, the one thing that I feel, it's been more work for me, has been, because I haven't been playing as much, I don't mm. feel as tuned into what's excelling really at the top table. So I feel this last year, I had to work a lot harder to be maybe, I don't want to say just as good, but to be able to give something that is valuable and informative from the competitive perspective. I think we do that when we cover the battle tomes, <coughs> but I also think that there are other podcasts or whatever they are, YouTube channels that focus on the competitive side sure. and they do a better job of it because that's what they do best that's what they focus on and we don't focus on that here so you know there's resources for everybody if you really want to focus on the competitive side of a book then that would probably be a place to go yeah in the one percent you know right. kind of perspective right. of things i even mean from just the like i don't want to say i've been caught out at events because that's not been the way i feel about it but like i don't feel like i've had the same depth of knowledge mm. i feel like i've always had to do like more refreshes okay when we come out of battle tome review or when i'm getting ready for an event i feel like i had to spend more time you know getting up to speed of what the current state of things are okay sure so maybe that's more what i meant so like when we were talking about you know like the slaves of darkness book you know how some of those lists look like in context of what is out there right now mm -hmm. obviously okay. some of the things in that book you just look at and you go that's good <laughs> I, yeah, right no brainer I, I don't care what everyone else is doing right that war scroll at those points is good sure I think we're going to keep it pretty much the way it is. We may drop one or two things in like we have or pull a little thing out here and there. But otherwise, we're going to stick with it this year. At least that's the plan. Yeah. And then the last thing we really need to talk about, Brendan and I had a, a lengthy conversation. It started off as very, from a very macabre like uh, starting point. To yeah. For us, for you and I, it was a, actually a pretty in-depth conversation. Very intimate. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, for us at, at that level. We're men. You know, we yeah. only talk about the things that... <laughs> the you know, things. Yeah. <laughs> but we're just talking about life changes and things that are happening for both of us in terms of priorities. And from that perspective, we just know that for both of us, I know for me, my wife Cindy and I have talked about maybe traveling more in the coming years. Well, next you're both couple retired. Years. You deserve yeah. to. And so if we travel, if we take a two-week vacation somewhere it's going to make it a lot more problematic to do a recording if we need to do that sure you know those kind of things not that we can't do stuff remotely but it's still it would be ridiculous to yeah. ask you in an rv right with your wife in the middle of nowhere <laughs> yeah 
to sit down on whatever like very intermittent connection on Zoom that we can Hello, throw together. Brandy, can you, it's, 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 Guys, it's, it'd be the worst episode. Yeah. We know that is something we are hoping to do. We don't know for sure, but we're certainly thinking about it very seriously. And that could, you know, affect scheduling and hosting and those kind of things. And then you got something I yeah, think you want to I share. Yeah, I had, I don't want to say, unexpectedly fallen into a relationship. That makes it sound like I had no choice in the matter. <laughs> right. But, you know, you know, that's something that's changed in my life, you know, mm-hmm. since as long as you all have known me, I have been, you know, bored single guy who has nothing but time to do Warhammer and whatever. I have found somebody who is worth not being bored single guy with, you know, with the time and energy to only do Warhammer stuff and stay up till whatever o'clock at night finishing this army and doing those kinds of things. And it's, you know... My time commitments have changed. Yeah. You know, my investment in time from, you know, what I'm using my vacation, planning on using my vacation days for. There's all sorts of things down the road that, you know, can change lots of stuff. You know, Dan, obviously you're a little bit older, so our, you know, life priorities were going to be, call them misaligned, right? Divergent. They were. Yeah. I'm a person who's very interested in having a family. Yeah. uh, And I would be either ignorant or stupid to say that my lifestyle wouldn't change right where you know now you know brandon we need three hours to do a podcast and i basically go yeah which day do i have open (laughs) six months ago and tell you dan you pick your day like i and you know even now and you know some of it changed with the current job that i have you know but you know now it's just a oh well you know i really can't do tuesday you know Mm -hmm. i'm doing date night or whatever and yeah or sunday or whenever it was that we normally would record Right, you know, those are things, you know, that impact this. And, you know, I've been very upfront with, you know, my relationship with the current edition of the game has had me largely unmotivated. Right. And, you know, part of our discussion was, you know, if either of us get to the point where, you know, like, clearly we seem to be not engaged because the last time we had a discussion like this was around 40k content yes and it was a call i was very nervous to make to you because mm-hmm. you know i was sitting there going oh boy like, i know dan really loves his 40k stuff and i was like i just i've tried i just can't get up for it you know we brought trey along so you know we've talked about bringing other hosts in and maybe having a rotation of people to accommodate whatever our different schedules are going to be so can't promise that that's going to be something that happens but we would like to continue to get you guys episodes on a regular regular basis basis. And, and so that might mean that you're not hearing the same combination of people every week right and i know i've reached out to a couple of people just to see if they would be interested i've got a couple more who would you know just would you be willing to drop in as a host they're all people who listen to the show regularly who are friends you know so they're certainly trusted people we know we trust them with this thing that we've created it's weird to call it a brand but that's what it, it is it is yeah brendan you made a great point is that you may just hear a different voice on one of the microphones every once in a while and i don't think that's imminent but certainly it's it's something that you should know that we wanted to have the conversation right away with you this year, you know, following up on our conversation yeah, and share that with you and, and knowing that we really enjoy being partners in this crazy thing, but we also know that things change yeah. and let's just acknowledge that and be realistic and say, we still want to get as you said, which was great, we want to get regular episodes out because I'll tell you, that's one of the things I really pride myself on 
is that we do get our episodes out regularly and people can rely on them. And if they can't, we're very open about we're going to hold off. It's not like all of a sudden it's been six weeks and we haven't said anything. I think we try to be oh, very... Oh, gosh, we haven't done that. And in... No, no, I don't think we've ever. This was about one of the longest well, breaks the... we took as a month. Yeah, I think in the very early, like between the episode one and eight, there were some <laughs> Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That was the before time, so... <laughs> That was before the heresy. (laughs) Anyway, if you have any questions or feedback, most of you know how to get a hold of us. Drop us something uh, message-wise. or You know, we'd obviously like to have private conversations when it comes to this kind of thing with you because they're personal things. But we'd love to hear people's feedback and thoughts and support or questions, whatever, when it comes to this. Yeah, we're not going anywhere right now. That's not what this is. No. Funnily enough, Dan and I both wanted to have the kind of the same conversation at the same time for different reasons. <laughs> it was weird. But, you know, ultimately it was, you know, conversation we needed to have. And it was productive. It really was. All right, my it was, friend. It was me negotiating more money. That's what it was. <laughs> sure. <laughs> yeah, because we're loaded here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> God, I've so seen the much kind of things that this podcast money. buys, Dan. <laughs> we appreciate every lunches. dollar we it get buys from lunches. <laughs> yes, it does. It buys battle tomes, yeah. all those kind of things. So, yeah, thanks for listening through that, folks. We really appreciate it. And we are going to continue with the show in a regular manner, and we are going to head right on over to Scriptorium. Etc., etc., etc. It is time for Scriptorium, Brendan, and we have some new releases, and they are omnibuses, interestingly enough. One is The World It Was, so this is pre-Mortal Realms, back in the old time when Archeon was running around and all those kind of things, and Sigmar was a real guy. So that time we have Realmgate Wars, which I think a lot of people who read Mortal Realms lore have read those books, but it's all of them. And then The Beast Arises is actually what we would call a post-heresy pre-40k period. There's an omnibus with a bunch of the Beast Arises stories. It's really fascinating. You feel pretty hopeless at one point if you're a human being. I can tell you it was a really good uh, series. And of course, we have all the Advent short stories that always happen during Christmas season. But the big pre-order announcement is Siege Book 8 will be pre-ordered this coming Saturday. Yep. Feels like kind of out of nowhere. It does. But I could not be more thrilled of the title. It's Garrow, Knight of Grey. And this is like Garrow's moment. What could it mean? It's bittersweet is what it means. Could be anything. He gets his moment of glory. But this is just great Mm -hmm. because he is certainly my favorite heresy character. I have others. You know, Garville Loken's really a wonderful guy. And there are others, too. But Garrow is the guy I always come back to to listen to or read his books. And this was just so exciting to see that he's going to be a lot of the focus of the book. As all these books, there's other things going on all around. But I think it's him and Mortarian fighting on the cover or something. It looked insane. But uh, all good. So that's new stuff. Mm-hmm. Brendan, how about you for all the things? I started and finished Scourge of Fate. Good book. You enjoyed it. I did. It was pretty cool to listen to an Age of Sigmar book from the perspective of an objectively bad guy. Like, mm-hmm. Vanek, he's working on being a Varengard. He's a bad guy. You know, because, like, even when you listen to the Death and Destruction characters, like, there is a bit of gray area. Like, the nature of destruction, you know, that they're participating in isn't necessarily immoral. It's just unethical. 
the death side is is basically kind of the same conundrum in terms of just like yeah it's not right but you know in some of the cases it's not necessarily wrong they're bad guys that was cool i would like you know if they followed vanek more oh that would be really cool. you know i don't know that it would be as compelling right because the stakes are cuz they they really felt like the prologue kind of sold it like you knew it was going to end a specific way but boy there were some real spots where you're just like i don't know how he gets out of this one (laughs) no i love that they incorporated so many elements of the mortal realms especially from a slaves to darkness standpoint Mm -hmm. if you look at the units in the book and the lore and stuff a lot of that was tied in and you're going oh i remember that model or i can picture that unit doing this yeah. or and that was one of the things real I loved. vivid yeah yeah i love that so that Great. was cool i'm glad you enjoyed that watch the hunt for red october i watched oh, had you don't not look seen up that? i watched scandal the wire card fraud i watched avatar the way of water had you not seen red october no really really oh gosh that's so cool then that's great cold mm. war at its best man yeah, so I'm sure the listeners in the show, the benefit will be that girlfriend's really into movies, so I'm sure I will be getting caught up on all sorts of things that Dan would say that I, you've never watched that? No, I've never even heard of this guy. The, she'll start down a line of questioning about you know some actor or whatever, and she's like, oh, he's in this? And I go, I never saw it. I, yeah, it's great. Well, he's in... Uh, no, well, he's in it with this guy. Never heard of that guy either. I, <laughs> Oh, wow, that's really cool. Yeah, more than once is gone. You are hopeless. <laughs> Had a lot of that. Got to decide. Obviously, you know, Garrow's going to come out. That'll probably jump to the top of the list for my mm-hmm. Audible stuff. But I got to decide on, you know, what to listen to next. But, yeah, that's what I got going for me. But Okay. Yeah, a lot of... Oh, there's that uh, Christian Bale movie, The Pale Blue Eyes. That looks really interesting. I am I excited to it. sit down and watch it. Yeah. I don't know where I'm going to watch it. What is it on? Is it, It's on Netflix. I think it, it's already is Netflix? Okay. Yeah, I think it's already out. Yeah, I've got to look at it some more, but it looked really fascinating. Also, Avatar Way of Water, I thought it was fine. Okay. I thought it was an entertaining movie. It was kind of okay. long. That's what a lot of people have said, but they enjoyed the movie itself. Yeah, I felt entertained all the way throughout. Like, there were low and slow moments, but they were, you know, kind of bringing you down from high, exciting moments to, okay. you know, to ramp you up into the next thing and just kind of do that. Like, okay. Yeah, but... It, I was entertained the whole time. It was a good movie. You know, do I know that it was a critically acclaimed, you know, acting or plot writing? Like, I don't care. That's not why I go to that movie. Like, I go for cool visuals and explosions and, you know. <laughs> you got a lot of those on I'm that. a simple man. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> You've got a few things on here. Wow. I'm continuing to read Powers and Thrones, the medieval history book. I am learning so much, Brandon. Oh, my God. God, the detail that he puts into these. Usually I can read a book pretty quickly and still get a lot of comprehension. I just have to slow down so much. Like one of the sections he does literally is he talks about the origins and impact of Islam, you know? And rather than talk about some other amorphous thing, he literally starts with Muhammad and talks about all of his origins and what he was before he was a leader and the prophet. And then it talks about the spread of Islam in the Middle East, how it spread out across North Africa and up in and basically subsumed what is modern Spain. And it talked about a couple of battles in France that literally kept the rest of Europe from becoming completely Islamic. And it just, it was fascinating. And because he's so objective, so he just really talks you through what was happening. And he pulls other pieces and parts and he had this section on monasticism, monasteries and the monks and how that impacted Western Europe so much. And all these interactions 
between these monastic orders and the rest of society and everything. He did a section on knights, not crusaders, knights and knighthood. And he very specifically separated the two. He goes in to talk about a couple of famous knights. There's a Spanish knight named El Cid, who I know there was a really famous movie out. Yep. You know, I had no idea who he was, but he went in detail. This is where he was born. This is how he grew up. This is how he came to influence. Well, and, and they only lived to be 25 years old. They're right, short right. biographies. <laughs> but it's really neat that he did that and then went into the Crusades. And it's the one time in like 350 pages he's not been objective. Like he has some really strong personal views. And it was just interesting to see that change. I'm learning so much that I didn't realize. Oh, cool. Uh, which it, it's fascinating. I finished Priests of Mars, which is the first book of a trilogy. So cool. There are so many aspects of 40K in this. It obviously is focused on the Admech, and it's focused on a huge explorator ship. This thing is like Space Hulk size, called the Esperanza. But there's everybody. There's guard, there's civilians, laborers, there is space marines, there are tech priests, there's Skitari, just everything. Eldar are in this so far. Really, a really cool book, so I'm looking forward to listening to the next one. But to take a break, I picked up the book called Slaying the Dragon, and I'm sure some of our listeners have either read or listened to it. But it is kind of a behind-the- the scenes history of Dungeons and Dragons, starting with Gary Gygax growing up in the family he grew up. I didn't know he grew up in a Jehovah's Witness family, you know? Oh, wow. And when you think about what some of the controversies that came later with Dungeons and Dragons, you know, it's interesting because you see the business side. It, it goes all the way up until Wizards bought them out mm-hmm. because the company was just in ruin. The business decisions that were made, you understand, like, Gygax and a couple other people were gamers who were trying to run a business but had no idea is what you learned how to run a business. And then another person took over who had more business acumen. But no understanding of... She bought this out from him but had little, if any, understanding of the gaming side. And so you're going, well, it's a miracle that this company did what it did. Just some of the decisions were... You're going, what? And you understand some of the mechanics of the contracts, like they had a contract with Random House, you know, for publishing and stuff. I'm not going to, you know, wax eloquent about this, but it just, it ended up that the side effect of this really good contract they had was to build up this almost insurmountable debt to the company. And you're just going, oh my gosh, this is going to have a sad ending, isn't it? Mm. But it's really neat if you're into Dungeons and Dragons at all. I think it's a neat insight. Well, and it's, it's a good time because there's some very controversial stuff going on yep. with Dungeons and Dragons with right now licensing. with their open gaming license. Yep. And, and what that's going to mean. So yeah, it might be a time. And I know there are other books, but this one really is interesting. In terms of watching, I finished season one of Rogue Heroes, and it is truly following the historical things that happened to these characters. So two of the major characters are gone from the series because in real life, they were gone. One was killed and one was captured by the Germans. So I'm watching while I'm working out, again, the Jason Bourne trilogy. And for those who don't know, there's a guy named Robert Ludlum who wrote a huge series of books about Jason Bourne was kind of a CIA operative. The movies are very, very good. And it has Matt Damon in it. You know, the guy from The Martian. That's where most people know him. But in the first movie, Brendan, he looks like he's like 16 years old. It's (laughs) hilarious. He's so young, but it's really good. The last thing I want to talk about was two foreign films that I watched based on a recommendation from a, a friend over in England. And the first one is a Danish film called The Bombardment, which 
is about a mission by a unit of Royal Air Force mosquito bombers to bomb the Gestapo headquarters in Copenhagen. And it seems pretty straightforward. You know, like, oh, okay. Well, what you end up realizing by the end of the movie, there are a lot of questions that you're going to start asking yourself if you're really thinking about it, is that in most wars, the people who suffer most are not the soldiers. It's the civilians. This headquarters was in literally the middle of the city of Copenhagen. You could pretty much tell where it was. You know, it had maps and all kinds of stuff, but... Uh, it's a dense city. And let's just say it was not a happy ending. This was not... This was a pretty... As Cindy was saying, this is kind of depressing because she watched it with me. It's very emotional and it's very intense. So just warning for people if they're interested in watching that one. The other one that I found more interesting was The Resistance Banker. Okay. And it's real life World War II about a banker and really his brother in, this is a Dutch movie. Basically, they bankrolled the resistance in Holland during World War II. And you're going, well, what do they need money for? Well, when they went through the list of all these things they had to pay for, not just bombs and guns and bullets and stuff, literally they had to pay the railroad workers in Holland that went on strike so that the Nazis couldn't move their troops around and stuff. Somebody had to pay them, Mm -hmm. you know? It really is cool, and it has kind of, I would say, a bittersweet ending to it. It's very, very good. I enjoyed that one more than the other one. It wasn't quite as depressing. (laughs) But two foreign films, and always interesting to see when you get films from like a European country or something, how different the perspective. And the one thing on the bombardment we both commented on was there are a lot of child actors. They were as good as the adult actors. It was amazing the job they did portraying emotion and stuff. So that's what I've been up to. All right, let us move on to this or that. Brendan, it's been a while, but you know you have the choice, my man. I think I'll start. So you've played both. Cursed City or Blackstone Fortress? Mm. Blackstone Fortress. Okay. I figure that's what that one was. Yeah, it was... uh... It feels better done. If you weren't running Youngbloods at Adepticon, what would you be running? Adepticon is a miniatures convention, so can't really necessarily do board games. I just don't know that... That's a great question, but I just don't know that I know a system well enough to run it. Mm-hmm. That just to be honest, I would want to make sure I knew it to that level. And the stuff that I do know, I end up playing somebody else's running. Mm-hmm. So I think that's an interesting question. I just don't know a system that I would not even like in Age of Sigmar, like Dawnbringer, oh, oh. right? Like oh sure, you know a thousand point events, you know. Okay, so if I was, it would be it's a, just specifically if you weren't running Youngblood, right. you know what? So if I could create an event, is what you're saying? Yeah, right? it would be something with crazy lists, like we talked about that crazy mutilith list. I think all lists have to be like, insane and approved ahead of yes, time. Yeah, I, I would want people to do a thousand point list with just crazy stuff you'd never take to win. Just like stuff. 2,000 points of yeah, just or, silliness. Yeah, yeah. You just anything you want to take, crazy Con- Convince me that... Uh, this is nuts, and I'll sign off on it. Yeah, something like that would fair be fun, enough. I think, yeah. Okay. So what was your favorite thing from 2022? <sighs> In terms of... Whatever you want. Anything? Yeah, what was your favorite thing from last year? I would say was having my wife retired for the whole year. Because Cindy retired... November of... Of 2021. Yeah. It was nice having her available, you know, so we could do stuff or just having her around, being able to do a lot of on-the-fly stuff. 
that we ended up doing. Cumulative, it doesn't seem like a lot, little things, but cumulatively, it was a lot of stuff. And I'm just enjoying seeing her, you know, she's got a hobby now. You know, like I've got our, you know, we've got our paints and stuff. She does cross-stitch, and yep. that's a big thing for her. And being with her friends more and socializing with people and stuff. It's just really neat to see that, and I've enjoyed that, among other things. But yeah. Cool. Thing you're most looking forward to in 2023. Same vein as literally whatever you want. Certainly I'm looking forward to traveling more. Mm-hmm. But I think something that's a little more assured, something I know is going to happen is I'm really looking forward to going back to a couple of tournaments. I'm really looking forward to going back to Vault Wars and making that trip. I'm looking forward to going back to Dragonfall. Those two events were really fun. Had a great time. They were right in your lane. Yeah. And just the right level of competition and the people were great. And so those two things I'm really looking forward to and playing my Sylvaneth at them, which will be really fun. There you go. So yeah, that'll be it. Pretend I didn't tell you the score, you know, a couple minutes ago. Mm -hmm. Who you're rooting for to win the national championship, TCU or the University of Georgia? I was hoping for TCU to win. Okay. You know, they have a Navy player on that team that was a lacrosse player. Oh. At Navy, and he went to TCU to play football. Oh, so he got, he got out before yeah. the junior year. So one of the reasons, because mm-hmm. there's like a, a kind of Navy guy on the team, mm-hmm. but also because they've really surprised this year. Wow. There is understatement of the year. Right. You could not tell me there was anybody in September who would have they said, were, oh, TCU is going to go to the national. No. They were supposed to finish seventh in the Big 12. Right. I, so I think that's neat. That's a wonderful story that they even got. So I have a strong dislike of TCU <laughs> for completely irrational and stupid reasons. But they have run one of the coolest offenses in football. Mm-hmm. They run one of the most unusual defenses in football. Mm-hmm. And they have had absolute memorable moments every other week where you go, I cannot believe they managed to do that. Yeah. All yeah. season. Yeah. So it's been really neat to see them. You know, in March Madness, when some team just. Just goes out of nowhere. Like, you know, they were the 30 seed or something, and all of a sudden they're in the Elite Eight. You're going, whoa, that's awesome. Is that it for... Yeah, those are my five. All right. Speaking of college basketball... Oh, boy. Okay. Team has been ranked high, and I know where this question's coming. Okay. Who do you think is going to win the national championship? You think it's going to be Kansas or Houston? Oh, wow. That Houston team is good. Jayhawks, maybe? I don't know. Yeah. Probably, if only for the reason that their coach has done it before. Mm. Right. There's something to be said for getting your players ready for that Mm. and knowing how to manage it and that kind of thing. It's the thing that Nick Saban does in college football, right? Yes. There's not a coach who understands better what you have to do and when to be able to be playing your best Mm. on the right day. But man, that Houston team is... Purdue looks good. This is the best team Matt Painter has had. Let's go back to Sigmar stuff for a moment. Sure. Would you, at this point, rather have direwolves or chain rasps? So, coming to the new handbook, Bounty Hunters is gone, which is going to change everything. I love the idea of taking chain rasps with a cruciator, Hmm. where the cruciator is no longer an offsetting piece, but rather an actual additive defensive piece, Mm -hmm. where you are actively taking away something that someone has as opposed to just bringing them back to where they were. Give me those chain rasps. Okay. Parking lot of dogs is going to be dumb, but Night Haunt with Cruciators, we'll talk about it in the next episode, you know, when we do the handbook preview. I think Night Haunt might be the best army in the game. Okay. And we'll talk about why. Well, interestingly enough, and listeners, how many times do we have to tell you, neither one of us know the questions before. So that's interesting that you mentioned Mr. Cruciator. So my next question is, Guardian or Cruciator now? Cruciator. 
Oh my god. The fact that you're reducing damage by one incoming. There's not a free battalion that adds plus one damage to... Effectively, all your units were going to be receiving plus mm-hmm. one damage, except for your hex wraiths. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's not great, but you were taking the Cruciator to bring them back to normal. It was, your, it was an offset piece. You were paying 100 and whatever points to bring things back to even. If you're paying 100 and whatever points... 150 points. To bring them down? Right. Oh. And we'll talk about Galatian champions in the next one. He's a good Galatian champion. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. And they serve to protect him. We thought the time of Night Haunt was the summer. The time of Night Haunt is now. Okay, food question. Okay. You're going to have Italian dinner tonight. Sure. You can have ravioli or lasagna. Oh, I like both. That's too bad. <laughs> hoping that you'd pick something just like one of these like, oh, yeah, I hate that. <sighs> Tough choices are better. I'd say ravioli because lasagna can be real hit or miss just in kind okay. of the way that it's done and the way that it's prepared and like what okay. people put in it. You know, like everybody's family does it a little bit different and mom's lasagna is always the best, right? That's the way that it goes. But, you know, like if what you're expecting for a lasagna is very different from oh, what sure. you're getting, then okay. like it can be real bad. But like, you know what's going in the ravioli. <laughs> like, you know, there's only a couple of ways to make ravioli. It's just sure. what you put in it. Okay, last question. If you were going to watch a World War II movie from a foreign country, I just talked about movies from, you know, Denmark and one from Holland. Mm-hmm. What country do you think you'd be interested in watching one from? Finland. Okay. Interesting. Because they fought the Russians. Yeah. They fought with the Germans at a certain point in the war. Very complicated history. Very complicated relationships with everybody involved. Very complicated battles. Very complicated society. I'm sure there are some very interesting and compelling stories that are crafted within that. It's a very complicated space. Okay. Where there are things that are complex, there are usually compelling things things that are simple are rarely interesting, interesting right yeah. the we like to say that you know the united states involvement in world war ii is very interesting it's well, well not really we tried to stay out of it for as long as we could you know your hand was forced with a situation and, yeah. and there are obviously some other mitigating factors in in terms of where things were going at the time yeah, but, sure. but you had a singular event that was you could not make no action against right. you you had right. to do something it was and, so grievously aggressive yes and the thing that happened was the thing that has happened throughout all sorts of period of history where you've made the wrong move at the wrong time against the wrong person and <laughs> oops yeah right the logistics planners in germany you know were looking at you know what america's involvement in the war would look like and they went they can do how much uh, <laughs> yeah pretty scary turn the machine on and you just let it pump out tanks and airplanes yeah. and yeah by it, the middle of 1944 the japanese are going how many aircraft carriers do they have? At the level of involvement that you were in, <laughs> the result was inevitable. It was the question of what was the piece going to look mm-hmm. like. The end game was known. The details were what was in question. It's fundamentally not interesting. Yeah. You know, like you can tell these cool, like singular stories of like these individual people. Oh, like the Band of Brothers series is excellent. Yeah. But what do they do? For the most part, they go from victory to victory to victory. For the most part. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they have their setbacks. Understood. Yeah. Okay. Coolio. Right, my man. That is this or that. It is show close time. Yep. There is something going on around here. Something you may not even know about. All right. Show close. There are no Sunday announcements because it's Monday and we already announced what the pre-orders are. Yep. So that's done. Do you have any Q&A? I got a question from our friend Dave Blenner. Mm-hmm. He sure. wants to know when he's going to hear more about Dice Throne on the show. Dave, whenever we play it next. Yeah. <laughs> we've probably got some hobby nights coming up. Yeah, we've Chance. got the new Formula D track to play. Yes. That's high on the priority list. After that, 
we'll fill you in. Yeah. <laughs> no promises, my man, but we definitely will be playing it again at Hobby Night or some other time. Who knows? Yeah, he's my secret Santa for one of the groups we were in. That's cool. I got one of those established titles. Oh, yeah. So now I'm a quote-unquote lord of Scotland, <laughs> and he oh, got me funny. a dice tray for dice. Oh, throne, that so. is cool. Cool. Not only am I a reverend... I'm also a lord. A lord now. I've got some real 40k kind of title going. I'm a lord reverend. uh, That's funny. A reverend lord. Cool, yeah. That's great. Do you have one? I do. All right. Just Terry asked me, Dan, how do you prime your models? I thought I had talked about this before, but I used to spray prime my models with Army Painter Color Primer. You haven't done that for a while. No, because I am using paint on primers now even with my bigger models and it's the Cinerex I think it's called Cinerex it's made by Badger you know the airbrush people and the weird thing is I didn't know about this stuff until a few years ago at Adepticon because I was curious about brush on primers and I saw the booth there and it was like oh I'm going to try two or three of these and man they were wonderful but I just I had the means to be able to use spray paint in a closed environment before I really don't have that too much now it's a lot harder so brush on primers and it's uh, Cinerex is what I'm going to call it. I'm sure if you looked it up, they sell it everywhere. I know it's on Amazon for sure, but other places I'm sure would sell it or you can look it up on Badger. Stuff works amazing. And there's several, several, including metallic colors. All right. Episode 114, probably in a couple weeks. And we are going to have our good friend Tyler yep. on board with us to talk about GHB Part 2, right? We've yep. got Yeah, the season two of, of yep. the handbook. And so that should be great. Emphasis on foot heroes. That's cool. Emphasis on... You know, the infantry that support them, Mm. but primarily the foot combat heroes that many of us have bemoaned their inclusion (laughs) in the limited and exclusive boxes because we go, these are useless. No one can use them. They just get murdered. Was there a plan? No. No, there wasn't. (laughs) We know that. But But super interesting. It's basically been leaked effectively for several weeks now. Seen all the missions, seen all the things that come along with it. Really going to shift some armies. Uh, I really think it's going to change the conversation that we have around book battle tactics. Mm -hmm. Bounty Hunters is gone, so there's that. Mm -hmm. Uh, The thing that people are complaining about sharpshooters, and I don't think sharpshooters are as bad for the game as Bounty Hunters were, so we'll get the full take on that in a couple weeks. From all of us. New list building challenges, new list building opportunities. The game is going to shift pretty significantly on the same way that when it shifted from monsters to Galatian veterans and mm-hmm. you know how we viewed that. We've got a new adjustment to be made and I think Nighthawn are big winners and I think Sylvaneth are big winners too. So Okay, sounds great. Yeah, Dan's got all the competitive armies. I'm, I'm going to go in my corner. And, <laughs> yeah, uh, right. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm going to right. go play the narrative games. <laughs> what do you mean you can't play me this week, Brandon? What? No, no, really, I just don't have the time. Dan, I right. can't get my butt kicked <laughs> too often. Right, okay. My therapist says it's bad for me. <laughs> So that's it for episode 113. As always, Brendan, it's great to have you back in the house here, man. Thank you, listeners. As always, we're back. You're back. Love having you on board. We really appreciate your support. And as always, stay safe, stay healthy, and don't forget shenanigans because life is better when you're up to something. Bye. This is...